0: Yangana banja latu Kupadwa mushe Koma lelo lipazulika Nikale tinangalapo O kondwela Lelo heka Tutikumbukila kweta chokela Amai kubutika mutima Koma tazisoa titazisowa Nimaona misozi masomwa ke Nimafuto wabale nimafuto Kukui pirendi, kuchito gona mumu Hama hama ine hi, tiziwa ndazota nivi. Taya zeta lemana yomabepelo. Atika pena sikulina, azati kumbuki la oyeye. Chifuku alelo, bantu bonse baso mu. Ata time
1: welcome to Zambia blog talk radio it is Saturday January the 18th it's amazing how time is flying 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 we are almost getting through with the month of January we do thank you for joining us from wherever you're calling Uh, good afternoon Zambia good afternoon Europe good evening the Western Pacific and all those parts of the world good morning America and uh, Canada and everybody joining us Uh, thank you thank you for coming and to be part of this great discussion today. I hope everybody is adjusting and uh, sort of enjoying our new schedule. We are starting an hour later than we used to uh, the previous uh, 10 years that we've been in existence. We decided to do that uh, so that we could sort of incorporate uh, other parts of the uh, specialty those that live on the West Coast. I'll be your host this morning, Nathan Inkama from the great state of Dallas. In Texas and uh, we we have a good discussion for you today and uh, uh, we, we're going to be talking about the subject of HIV and AIDS and uh, we, we come up with a team of wonderful ladies that are doing a great job in, uh, in, in with within the realms of what this, this work and what it entails and all those things okay so what we are going to do today is have a discussion. I've also invited uh, some great Zambians who work in this field within the U.S. who are going to help me with the discussion. Okay. Now, joining us uh, from, I believe it is, I didn't even ask where Miss Via is, but the uh, area code, I mean, Sweeney, rather, uh, area code is uh, 917, so I presume it is Dallas. Uh, Ms. Uh, Winnie is joining us here, she's the co-founder of Winnie Muson, let me see, <laughs> you need to say things the right way. Okay, Winnie Musonda uh, Hope Foundation uh, was founded 2012, and Ms. Winnie is one of the founders, she's joining us. Winnie, good morning, welcome.
2: Good morning, how are you this morning.
1: Good, good, good. We're glad to have you with us. You're in New no, York, right? thank you.
2: Yes, New Jersey, okay.
1: New York, New Jersey. New York, New Jersey. That's that, that's like we say here, Dallas Fort Worth. I mean, it's basically the one and the same thing. And uh, also joining us uh, from the same area, co-founder of the same organization, uh, Marita Behre. Miss Marita, good morning.
3: Good morning. Thank you for having us.
1: Excellent. Welcome. So uh, Winnie, Marita, this is what I have done. I invited some some good friends who work in this same field of HIV AIDS. Uh, the reason I did that is that I wanted us to have a conversation which will be all encompassing so that we are able to, to to sort of see how we can rally the diaspora to rise up to say, look, this HIV thing is still well underlies, if I may put it that way. Okay, so these are people that are in the field, working in this line, and they are going to help me with this discussion. They they, they will ask their own questions based on uh, from their own uh, uh, based on their expertise of the work they do. So joining us from Illinois, I believe is Chicago, is Missus Irene White. She is the DV. She is the case manager. Uh, at Division of Services and Rehabilitation. I hope I said that. Uh, Miss Irene, good morning. Thank you for joining us.
4: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you
1: for having me. You are me. in Chicago, right?
4: Yes, I am.
1: Excellent. Thank you for joining us, Miss Irene. And also joining us is a regular contributor and a friend here, uh, Noan Jovu. Is uh, in uh, um,
5: what's the town? Uh, Noah. What's the town? Welcome, Noah. It's the great state of Indiana. I'm in mean, <laughs> Indianapolis. I like that. Only Texas is
1: called the great state. You Noah?
5: Huh? <laughs> yeah. Up here, what? we are starting in our morning. I think the temperature is somewhere in the 30s. It's very, very cold. Okay. We had light snow last night. That's good,
1: that's good, alright For for So for those of us and all our regular contributors in the morning Thank you for joining us, welcome, good morning uh, My good friend in Canada, Roger uh, We are not going to ask you about uh temperature there We don't want to make things any miserable there yeah? Good morning, my friend <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah, I know but we are going to start mentioning some crazy minus degrees or something <laughs> So we shall just leave it there. <laughs> just leave it there. We shall just leave it there. Okay. For everybody who's joining us, we are talking to the co-founders of Winnie Musonda Hope Foundation. The website, if you want to follow what is happening, our discussion is w m hope foundation dot hope foundation dot So Winnie. Uh, what prompted or motivated the formation of this organization?
2: All right. Uh, as I said, thank you for having us. Uh, we appreciate uh, for this uh, moment. So mm. before we go further, uh, I'll go back a little bit of what happened. So I lost my sister at the age of 25. Uh, she was HIV positive. And then Mm -hmm. at that time, uh, that 1989, you know, there was no medication, which is they tried to go... In different route of finding medication, what was wrong? And they said she had a tumor. And then, you know, uh, as an African woman, they even go to to see what was going on with their child. That's my mom and my dad. My dad, being a pastor, it was something that he wasn't part of it. But of course, my mom and the family were like, oh, we need to find out after I finish in school and get married, have a beautiful wedding, what's wrong with her? Why did she lose the baby? Why is she sick? So, um, two years later, they couldn't find any, 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 any result why she was still sick, and then they did uh, lumbar puncture because they wanted to find out maybe there was a brain tumor. They said there was a brain tumor at the end, okay. so they did lumbar puncture. At that time, she was very weak, so after they did lumbar puncture, cut the story short, she passed away.
1: I'm sorry about and that. And then years
2: later, oh, thank you. Uh, years later, uh, I came to the states. I think I was a little younger. And then um, I told my mom, like, I'm going to have to do something about it. How can not they find out? How can they not find out the medication to help her out? Mm-hmm. Because we knew what she was suffering from, but they couldn't give her. There was no medication. They would give her TB medication. That's not what she was sick from. But then you know, mm-hmm. there were struggles. We didn't have medication in Zambia at the time. And then years passed, uh, 2012 uh, somewhere, I lost my two siblings in two months. So there were six separate times. Though my brother was taught about HIV AIDS in front of my mom, so you know the uh-huh. stigma. Uh, they went to the hospital had himself checked, and then after they went back for the results, they said, "You have HIV are you HIV positive?" And then he had a headache, uh, of course meningitis, he turned to meningitis, but that did not that's not the reason why he died. He died through of stigma. He just died two weeks later after he was taught about his, his status.
0: Oh, wow! And then
2: uh, two months later, yeah, so two months later, my younger brother was sick, 60 days apart. My younger brother was sick, so we didn't know what was wrong. And then he went to the doctors, and they said, oh, maybe he has like TB. So, of course, my mom was like, you know what, what happened to your brother? I'm going to check you. They had to check mm-hmm. him out. And then they said, uh, I'm going to wait for the result. So my brother stayed uh, for almost uh, 30 days in the hospital. To wait for the result because by then we didn't have enough labs. We had, I think, one in somewhere in Osaka where it used to take that long because there were a lot of people who had to take um, tests. So my brother died the day he got his results, and then imagine he he was city for count. It was one 34 count. The day he died, they was that he was found out he was HIV, but the result came after a month later. So especially losing my brothers. It just uh-huh. made me more vicious of like, I know I want to do something about it, but this has to stop. How can we stop? How can we have access to uh, labs in Zambia? How can we have? Uh, how can we have these people just dying like that? Like, you know, like we are trying because you have the little change. You even have taken yourself to a to a lab, right? But imagine yeah. Yeah, those people out there. What were they doing? So with all of that cut the story short, my brothers have um sisters and nephews and uh yes. even then I used to take care of them and then I realized that what about those kids who don't have siblings. Uh-huh. And then of course um I have my beautiful spiritual warrior co founder Malita, which we had discussions from the way back about how we wanted to help kids, way before all this tragedy happened, like we you no, know, she knew about it first tragedy about my, my sister. But when my brother happened, my two brothers happened, we thought of just like, you know, how can we help these young, 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 young kids, youth, oh. and young babies? Because they, they've been left out often, staying with grandmothers and, and aunties, and, and they don't have nothing to do. And then they are going through this, this tragedy. How can we make this thing a better place? And then, of course, over here, we started mm-hmm. doing the, the AIDS Walk in New York. We joined with the team. We started working Edgework New York, and then um, 2012 we launched it. And then 2015 we went and launched uh, the Edgework Zambia after we did all the paperwork and done, so we can have it, the background. So when we fundraise the money here, we take it back home. So, like, since then we've been working hand in hand, and then um, I'll take it back. Marita will, cut, Marita will carry on from here. She can talk about how we decided to launch the foundation and now catch up again.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm glad you stopped there because I want to go to Marita. Uh, from what, Marita, from what Winnie is saying, you didn't know each other when you came to the U.S., is that the right yeah. team? Okay. So, let, let, let's, I want us to zero in onto uh, Winnie Muson uh, Hope Foundation. So, what type of conversation did you have surrounding this organization? What, what, what type of what when she said what she said to you? What, what type of I want you to share with the listeners what type of conversation you had, and the steps that you took towards the formation of this organization.
3: Um, sure. So, if anyone has met Winnie, like you, just you, you just fall in love with her. Like just her passion, her love for other people, just draws you in. So, it's funny the first time that Winnie and I met, we actually met on Facebook. Um, I was doing my master's in London, and she had reached out to me uh, at the time she was doing, um, she was working with the, with the models, uh, you know, like putting together a fashion show for my awards and she wanted me to be a part of it, but I couldn't because I wasn't in the country. But we decided to, we're communicating back and forth, and we decided to meet up when I came to visit during the holidays. So when I met up with her... You know, she was telling me her story, and I was really touched by it. And, you know, when it comes to HIV and AIDS, it's one of those issues that it just doesn't affect one person. Like, each and every one of us is affected in one way or the other. We all have close family members that, you know, are sick with the disease. We have loved ones that have passed away from it. And when she told me about the idea of starting the foundation, I was just, like, really, like, Let's do it. Whatever you need, like, I'm right there with you. So that's when we, you know, came up with the idea of starting the foundation. But specifically, we wanted to focus in on the youth because we believe that they are the future, you know. So if we can, um, you know, like, one of our mission is to provide adolescents and the often children with an opportunity to go to school because most of them, you know, they've lost their parents, they've lost family members that would otherwise take care of them, and, you know, like, grandparents have the financial burden of, you know, like, providing school fees, and we wanted to kind of, like, lessen some of that burden by giving them a chance to go to school through scholarship funds, but also to raise HIV and AIDS awareness among the youth and encourage them to be active participants of their community, and, you know, like, one of the ways that we started doing that, Winnie mentioned, is, um, through AIDS Walk that we launched in Zambia and that we also take part of here and then but the most important part is having the youth being a part of the foundation itself because they really are our ambassadors and the kids that are part of, of our foundation they actually do outreaches, they go into different schools, they talk to their peers about, you know, HIV and AIDS and just raising that awareness. Um, so that is just one of the things that we've been working on. Does that answer your question?
1: Uh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes, it did. <laughs> the, in a nutshell. The, the issue, in a nutshell, yes. We, we are only here for one hour, so we can't uh, explain for 30 minutes. The issue, of ladies, of oh, of HIV and AIDS is uh, what's the word? It's a mountain. It's a mammoth task. It crosses. Yeah. It, it hits across the board. And mm-hmm. uh, the statistics that have been given. I, I don't know where we stand on this. Uh, no, and by Irene, uh, 1.2 million in Zambia living with HIV. Twenty uh, two hundred and fifty thousand orphans forty eight thousand cases of children nearly infected every other day I'm reading these figures from the website and
0: uh, Yeah, so mm-hmm. how
1: did you zero into? Uh, what you have decided to do to provide scholarship funds for education and how do you identify? these children and The families where are you getting the information?
2: All right, so I'll come into that. So we work in the hand with um, the government in Zambia. So we are, we, are, we got these kids They there from Matero Level 1 Hospital in in the Saka. So what we did was we just didn't want to get kids from the street because we don't know them, and then, you know, it's yes. very hard to get some people who are very obedient. So what we did was we worked with Mambilima Primary School and Matero uh-huh. Level 1. So we went to Mambilima Primary School, and we asked uh, the airmistress, which is we got the permission from the government to go to the school and ask for those kids who are very vulnerable who didn't have family to take care of them. And then the kids at the hospital, those kids who are very vulnerable, they know. And then they were able to give us a list. And then we said, we can't take it. It's like a thousand, 2,000 kids. Like we can't take all of that. We're going to start with the school. Oh, wow. So we got a small number. We got a, a 75 people, kids from uh, the, the facility, the hospital. And then we have twenty-five from the school, so altogether we have hundred kids. So these kids, it's like when you go, to, like, think today you go to material level one, and you or every child that you've seen on our page, or Facebook page, or Instagram page, or our website, you go uh-huh. there, and you're gonna find them. These are the kids that we identify, and then the reason why we did that because we just can't go in the street and asking people. We wanted the kids who've been there, and these kids, they've like, they've, they've. They have taken medicine two times and they've failed. So all they need is love and encouragement. And then for us being part of their life for the past, almost like from 2012, some of them, it's been great because just even like calling them or checking on them on WhatsApp, it makes them feel part of the world because they didn't feel like that. If you see them now, they're like, I'm so happy just to put on a t-shirt and be part of this. It makes me happy because I have a home, even if where I'm living it's not happy. Or my friends at school are talking about it. I have a, I have a facility. When I come here, I feel like I have a family. So that's why we wanted to create, and it's happening. And seeing them being part of it, and then, we, and then we ask questions, Yes, they're part of it, but they're not going to school. How can we help them to feel be part of the society? So this is why we do the uh, reach out, and then we we try to do the AIDS work uh, and um, the events to try to raise funds in order for us to take care of them. But, you know, as you know, Nathan, it's very hard in our community to just do that to get ourselves just to do that. Like, we're trying our best, but it's not easy. So that's why we're trying to, like, reach out because we can't use our own strength without God's power. And, of course, without you guys, who are, like, able to look at us and say, you know what, you guys, come on the radio. Let's talk about what you guys doing in order for other people to hear you and and, and, uh, and help you out. So this is where we get the kids, and this is where we ask them for help, and this is how we walk around. So these kids are, like, from uh, the hospital, from schools and whereby, even if you want to call, you'll be able to find them. It's not from the street. And thank so, you, we, thank, uh, we thank God for the government because uh, they were able, to, we were able to get that letter and go and use the information from the hospital and be part of this kid's
1: life. You, you mentioned something, Winnie, that caught my attention. They have taken medicine, but it has not worked. Can you explain that?
2: Oh, no. So what happened? Some of them, right? Um, uh-huh. on medi- they For some of them, they're on medication. And then when they don't have food, they don't have good environment, they don't have support, uh-huh. they stop taking medication. Oh, okay. And when you stop taking medication, what happens is your virus changes. It it, it multiplies all the time. You stop taking medication. And these kids feels like that when they don't have support, they don't have love uh-huh. at home, they don't have food. They feel like giving up. So what happens, these kids, they've been to that place where they stop taking medication, but they're now fully on medication because we encourage them to take medication. You cannot live without medication. You need it in the morning at 6 o'clock and the night at 6 o'clock. But imagine Uh a child taking medication without food, and then all day they're going to come and take another medication. It's very hard on them, and these are youth, kids and teenagers. It's very Uh hard so what we're trying to do our service is to empower them and, and, and do like a food banking where they can find where we can provide we provide food and like lunches mm-hmm. stuff like that so they can be able to be on the same level as everybody else because you can't take medication without food. They begin they we thank God we have medication in Zambia but we have no uh food provided for them.
1: Mm. I you um go ahead. Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry, I was going to say, you know, just to add on to that, um, like Winnie mentioned with most of the youth, it's not enough for them to just take medication. Because they could be doing that, but some of them get to the point where they're like, you know, like, what is the point of living? But one of the things that we've created with the foundation, you know, like kind of like having that community for them, is them being able to be with other peers that are going through the same thing, and they're able to encourage each other. And, you know, so it kind of like gives them a purpose to just continue living and try to lead a healthier lifestyle. And, you know, like when they have birthdays, they recognize their birthdays, they get a cake, they have Christmas, they try to have a little Christmas party for them. So just to create that loving environment for them so that they know that they have that love and support from the community and, and the foundation as a whole. And, you know, like one of the long-term goals that we just mentioned is trying to have um, a community center for them that will also provide you know like nutritional food because when you are taking medication, you do have to be um careful of what you're eating so that you know it supplements the medication that you're taking and most of them don't have the money to be you know like eating nutritional food, and that is one of the things that, that is one of the needs that we want to meet
1: moving forward mm, okay. So, I see, I need to ask a question about the government here. No intention of being political or anything. And uh, I want, after this, I want Irene and Noah to sort of help us zero into how this, the structures can be, can be sustained and made more effective. Winnie, Marita, you are best here in the US and uh, your your website indicates that you've got a team on the ground. So this process of trying to uh, help these kids, what you have explained and outlined, to help these kids live through this life of ensuring they have some sort of a good, decent meal or diet and ensure that they take their their medication. How is that process being done? You are here. I know you have, a, you have Winnie Winmus on the foundation in Zambia. Who is doing that work on the ground?
2: Oh, we have a team back home, and uh, the team is great. Uh-huh. So if you go on our website, you see all those teams there, everybody works. So we have every Saturday, like even this morning. So every uh-huh. Saturday we meet at level one hospital. And then uh, that's when we do, like, birthdays, and that's when we provide counseling and then the, the peer meets and then talk about everybody's problems, whereby everybody they can share. So like, and yeah. then um, during the week they they go back to the to the facility because right now we don't have a, a specific, like we don't have a big place. So we they've uh, they've given us a place to meet, where we have like meetings and, and, and stuff. So even if when we send the money, uh-huh. when we set up some money, whatever we whatever we're doing, if it's birthdays or they're going to do uh, the reach out, uh, Mister Sonda Joseph. Uh, Mazingo, like all the people you see on that page, they are all out and working. And then uh we go home every year to make sure everything is perfect.
1: Hmm. Okay. Great job, great job. Uh Noah I, I I want you to I don't know if you have a question for the ladies or a comment, but uh um
5: I, I want you to say something here. <laughs> Yeah, all right, thank you Winnie. I think we may have connected some time back. I, I don't know if you remember I got your number from someone. So, yeah, I'm very aware of what you're doing and I appreciate you and uh, your friend coming up on our show to share with our community what you what you're doing. Yeah, so the quick question that I have for you, uh, I I noticed that you take part in the the awareness here in the in the US. Do you receive any aid from the New York or New Jersey uh, state funds on HIV?
2: No, we haven't received any any uh, of that. Oh,
5: okay, okay, yeah. I just want because usually, since the focus mostly is in Zambia, but. Uh, yeah, that clears up. But but do you guys participate in any shape or form, uh, any level of awareness here in the U.S.
2: Yes, we do. We do. So we do Ed Walk New York every year. If you've seen our pages, and uh, we've been doing it since 2012. But uh, what happens is uh you know everybody's a big firm. And then uh, when you're doing this for your country, as you know, as a Zambian or as as we came here to. To figure things out, you have to work hard in order for you to get anything. So, yeah, at the place where we're working hard and reaching out to people, we can uh, get funds. That's why we do like a little out, like reach out, like little small gatherings, small gala in order for people to come and see what we're doing. Because it's very, it's not easy to just say, Oh, I'm looking for funds. Of course, they're going to have to ask you what you're doing, how have you been doing it, how come you don't receive funds? Because our goal is to make funds here and take it home. But we haven't received any funds. We haven't received any grants from uh, any, any government uh, from the U.S.
5: yet. Okay. okay, that's 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 good. So, uh, are your uh, services in Zambia mostly centered in Lusaka, or are you also working with other agencies outside Lusaka?
2: Right now, we are working in Lusaka, but uh, when we go home this year, we are working, uh, we're trying to work uh, with uh, Chipata as well. But we want to make sure we clean up our home and our home is perfect, and then we can try to get out. But this time, we have meetings with people from Chipata and see how we can work together in Copper Belt. So, Chipata and Copper Belt this year.
5: Okay, okay. No, that's it for now for me. Irene, do you want to come in?
4: Oh, okay. I was doing a lot of listening. It's very interesting, especially if you are in this field. Um, uh-huh. I really applaud you guys for doing a great job in Lusaka, And um, like Noah said, that are you expanding it to other cities in Zambia? Um, I understand the hiccups that anyone can get because we have a lot of people that are going through this in, in the country, and you can't mm-hmm. save all of them. So you have right. to do small portions, and that's what right. you're doing. And I wish we had more funding so that it can be extended to other rural areas, mm-hmm. you know, so because mm-hmm. the rural people are the ones who are really suffering more. Yeah, um, That's true. They, they face a lot of um, transportation issues and uh, and housing if they come from rural areas to come and get treatment in at UTH, where they're going yeah. to sleep. They'll have to sleep mm-hmm. outside. So before they can even think of going, they're already thinking about these other obstacles that are going to actually get them to where they're going. So yeah. that 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 on its own, you see that we have a lot of people who are actually facing this HIV epidemic, and uh, they're sitting on it because there's nothing they can do about it. So I think if the government can extend those services to the most rural areas where transportation is a problem, then we can actually service those people that cannot come to the city. You know, lucky are the ones who are already in the city and they're getting services from... I'm pretty sure there's a lot of HIV foundations um, from different parts of uh, the world that are run by Zambians. But uh, most of them... They focus on the city because that's what they know. That's where they know people. You know. So uh, the program that I run, um, I wish we we had to we, we could extend it to Zambia because what it is is as a doors case manager, um, when I get a referral from DHS Department of Human Services that uh, Mr. Smith is HIV positive, and uh, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, here in America, uh, HIV is a disability, you know, So which means, yeah, it is a disability, so it's supposed to be treated as such. So, like, for Mm -hmm. my program, I go and um, assess a client who's HIV positive to qualify for the DOORS program. So the DOORS program, what it entails is that uh, when they qualify, I'm going to be their case manager, so I'll do home visits. To make sure that they they're adhering to medication and they're good uh, they're doing uh, a good nutritional you know uh, step, and um, they have uh, a very positive surrounding, you know like family and friends yeah, are there. Yeah. and then they have a p a which is a personal mm-hmm. assistant now the personal assistant comes in to do things for the client, Mr. Smith, um, for the things that he cannot do by himself. We don't expect uh, the, the PA to do everything. We want him to do some things, but some things he cannot. Like, say, for example, if somebody um, has been HIV positive, I'll put numbers like for 20 years. They have uh, optimistic uh, illnesses that will uh, occur in the next in the, in the 20 years that they've been sick. So that stops them from doing some things like uh, uh, buttoning up because they have arthritis from maybe mm-hmm. um, wow. from side effects from medication or from taking medication for a long time, or they have bone pains, they cannot walk so well, they cannot go down the stairs, they cannot lift groceries when they go to the grocery store. So the PA does all that, and DHS pays for them. So those services are rendered to people who are HIV positive, and that helps them. Their job is to just... Take care of themselves, make sure they take medication, make sure they eat well, because they know somebody's going to come and clean for them, do their laundry, and make sure they've done everything right. Zambia, we don't have that. Hmm. Tell me about it. uh, Yeah, so you see now, like Winnie is saying, that a lot of children, when they are on, um, they give them, uh, you know, like they put them on medication, there are so Mm -hmm. many things that come with medication. Medication is not even uh, the problem. Poverty is what kills. Because if they're not eating well, okay, Uh and they're still taking this, because there are some medication that you cannot take without eating. You have to eat in order for you to take the medication. So if they're fighting this battle of poverty, medicine is not their worry, because they want to go out there and hustle for food, so they can mm-hmm. have energy to hustle again for food the yep. next day. So yep. that that's where a lot of foundations who are, who are dealing with um, HIV mm-hmm. should focus on. And I applaud these ladies because they're doing what they can. And what yeah, they right. can is trying to empower the children to actually uh, further their education. Because sometimes when you have a positive thing happening in your life, all these other negatives, become na- unnecessary because you're trying yep, to say, yep. okay, I want to I wanna go to school so that I can be like Miss Winnie. Uh, what's the other yeah. mm-hmm. name? I'm sorry. What's your name, Mar- Ma- Malita. Malita. Malita.
1: Yeah.
4: Malita. Oh, Malita, yeah. Like Winnie and Malita are, are role models for these kids. I'm pretty sure when they show up, there are some kids who look up to them to say, I want to go up just like them. So they'll focus on school and 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 try and be like uh, their role models, which is Malita and Winnie. But at the same time, we have to look at the medical part of these kids. Are they able to do these things on their own when we leave? When Malita and Winnie comes back to the United States, the people who are actually uh, working with them, are they able to, like, work with them? One on one to find out why why are you not taking medication? Because they need everyday counseling. Because sometimes, oh, yeah, it's just yep. little things that yeah, twitches their their mood of taking medication. Yeah, Because
2: uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll you tell you that I'll cut you a little about. bit yeah. short, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, we we have a WhatsApp page with the kids because some of them are youth, the ones who have little phones. Yeah, uh-huh. they will just call me. Maybe like uh, around seven o'clock because they know a ten difference. They say, uh, "Mark, can I talk to you?" I'm like, "Yeah, what's happening?" I oh, don't know. I don't feel well. Is this worth it? I'm like, "Yeah, it's worth it." You think I'm gonna be fine? I'm like, yes, you're gonna be fine. And then we will bring up a different conversation. At the end of the conversation, they'll be like, "You know what? I'm glad I called you. I feel better now. All right, good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow." They need okay. that empowerment, and yeah. we lack like that.
1: That's yeah. true. First of all, I have That's two questions great. here for Irene. I'll come back. I would I rather, Winnie, I'll come back to you.
4: My conclusion.
1: Uh, Miss Irene, you've raised something okay. before you before you uh-huh. conclude. You've read something that is very critical here. First of all, let me warn you that by sure. emphasizing rural, you have no idea what you're doing to my friend okay. in Canada here, because rural to him <laughs> is. <a> <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, when you start talking rural Zambia, you are, you are, you are stepping on Rogers, whatever
0: <laughs> Now,
1: so, uh, Miss Irene, by, by, by reclassifying, I don't know what even the right English word is here. I'm
4: from uh, northwestern province, so I'm very rural I'm from okay. northwestern
1: I know. Okay, now it now it explains why it's also like that. It's, it's a West, not western <laughs> province. <thing>. So, <laughs> so the you said the, the what do you call it? The U.S. as the what's the word? By re, re reclassify or declassify? What's the word? uh c- categorizing HIV as a disability, <laughs> as
3: a disability.
1: <laughs> that's what i'm looking for what has that done to the whole concept and how this is treated in the US y- you get my question
5: hello Irene. okay yes
1: yeah.
5: i, I- Okay, okay, I'll go ahead and Irene, and then I'll, yeah. I'll follow up.
1: Ms. Irene, go ahead.
4: That's the same explanation that I told you. Yes, because it's considered, considered as a disability,
0: right? Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, we are listening.
4: Oh, okay, hold on. Can you hear well,
0: me? You could... Okay, yeah, I'm so sorry. Something
4: happened to my phone.
0: I'm oh, from Northwestern,
4: sorry. so these things came a lot, you know, it's <laughs> too late in Northwestern. So I don't know how to use my phone. Anyway, I was saying uh, HIV is a disability in the sense that Mm. the way they handle it here is exactly the way I laid it out. Can you
1: hear me? Yes, we can. Okay,
4: the way I laid it out. With the program that I run, it's uh, supported by Ed's Foundation Chicago, and Uh Ed's Foundation Chicago is a huge body. Mm -hmm. Can you...
1: Yes, we can hear because you. Are,
4: you can hear me, right?
1: Yes, yeah, so we can. We are listening. Oh, okay.
4: So AIDS <laughs> Foundation is a huge body that works directly with CDC. Okay? So every change, every up, update that comes about HIV, uh, say, for example, medication, we mm. get to know it first. Yeah, we get to know it first. So, Okay. So... What happens is um, they tell us, like, say, for example, if somebody has been taking a tripler for a very long time, a tripler mm-hmm. is known to be a medication that um, has a very major side effect like uh, nightmares. We have a lot of clients come in, I don't want to take a tripler anymore because it gives me nightmares. Then we go back to our the ID doctors, which is infectious disease doctors, and we'll tell them, this client is complaining that uh, she, she's been taking a tripler for 10 years and she has very bad side effects. Then the doctors can work numbers according to uh, the CD4 count or the viral load, uh, see how it is, and they'll say, you know what, this is a good medication that's on the market, and th- these are side effects that are less than what you're taking. So we, should... So we have those options. But in okay. India, what I hear is that they don't mm-hmm. have those options of even uh, changing medication. Whatever medication is on the market is what they give. And they're based on the first CD4 count of the viral load that they took the first time. But they don't realize that over time, things have changed in your body.
2: You have
4: to look at it and see Mm -hmm. if that medication is actually working. One of the things that the medication does, it it, um, messes around with your internal organs, maybe your kidneys. The numbers are not working well and things like that. So they'll be able to say, you know what, don't take this medication anymore. Because as much as your numbers look good, but your, your liver or your kidneys are not they are not it's, functioning yeah. well, they mm-hmm. don't have that. So that's the spectrum of the whole HIV um, uh, conversation that we're supposed to have, you know. And we need, uh, what I wanted to tell you guys is that if you do have that WhatsApp group for uh Kids that call you in for, you know, like any any problems out there, please, you can put my name down there. I'm a counselor, so I can talk Excellent. to them. You mm. know, oh, and, that'd be great. Um, that'd be great.
1: They I'm all love it. Those services for free. Mm. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Irene. Thank you so much for that. The no, thank you so much. And then
2: when you talk about the medicine, Vanessa, I would say that. So there's mm-hmm. one of the kids I'll give you this, uh there's one of the kids we lost last year. So we were together for the edge walk two thousand seventeen, uh eighteen. Mm-hmm. He wasn't feeling well. The day of the function, uh, he couldn't make it. So we just thought, you know, boys sometimes they don't feel well. They're teenagers. They're young most of them they're adolescents. they're young. Yeah. I came to this to this to the US and then uh two weeks later the boy died. And you know why? It hurt us so much. He died most of it because there was no enough counseling. There was no enough people who, like, loved him. Uh-huh. This was the third time of him stopping medication, and this led him towards UTH. Wow. The day he died, right, we thought, I told oh. Malita, I'm like, oh, we just lost one of the baby. I'm like, it's sad. I'm like, I'm sure there are people there who's going to help him, right? They're going to help the burying and all that stuff. And then uh, we thought, like, of course, because you know, we we just trying to do what we can with a small number, we, whatever we have, we will send it. So we didn't think it was gonna be in us, like it was on us. So
0: mm-hmm. a day
2: later, two days later, I called. No, a day later, I was checking on with my the, the people, our team. What's going on? Oh, we're gonna go there in the evening. So when they went there in the evening, the second day in the evening, they went there. They found out there was nobody at the funeral house. There was just the grandmother and the aunt, and then I wow. asked him, can you ask, when are, we gonna, when are they going to bury this boy, it's going to be two days, three days tomorrow and he said, they don't know, they don't have the money, you have no idea how much I cried that night I called Malita I'm like, can you believe, this baby is in the mortuary right now as we talk do you know how much it's going to cost us to bury this boy, probably $300, maybe even less than that, yeah. if we just find a the little snowman coffin we were so upset, me and Malita, we have a team, our friends where we have a team, AIDS group, HIV, where we talk about whatever we're talking about or whatever, about maybe 20, maybe maybe 50 people. And I said there, I said, you're my friend. If you're my friend on this page, I'm going to call you. I need $5 or $20. By today, we should have the money to bury this boy. How is uh-huh. he going to steal if this was somebody else's baby? This is like my baby. This is our babies our baby brother, we started fundraising, Malita, I think it was in the morning, around uh, 8, right, Malita? Yeah. By 12 noon, we had about $300 through our friends, $5, $2, but you know what, we don't want that as a foundation, we want to have enough money in order when we have stuff like this, because this was so bad, and then when we did that, I called in... The people that I know from the Ministry of Health, and I told them, I'm like, this can be happening. But I think because, of course, some of us, we talk a lot. The people that I know, <laughs> they were able to tell people. Yeah, when we get mad, we talk. I'm sorry. And then I just went straight up. I'm like, you guys, you're, you're working here with this thing that you have. Can you help us? The following, the, third, the fourth day, the boy was buried. And guess what? They took him to church, and they took him to Leopard Hill because not only us, we contributed. Mm -hmm. Other people went and contributed. And the boy was not even buried in Matera where I used to live. (laughs) He was buried in Leopard Hill. I don't want the kids to be buried in Leopard Hill in an expensive neighborhood when we can't take care of them when they're still alive. You see the difference here?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Let me me ask you this. Uh, That's a very sad story right there. I mean, I, I... is not that the normal um it's it's even hard for it's even not right for me to say this isn't that what is going on every day back home isn't that the everyday story i mean
0: yeah yeah
1: no. it's a, uh you ladies work with the minister of health how uh, how how is the this thing to do with h i v aids structured that the minister of health like uh what is that okay the people in Lundaz is in a zone where and, uh, I do if you're not able to answer this question, it's fine. Just leave it alone. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I can I'll, answer I'll, that. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, uh, go ahead. I can mm-hmm. answer that because um, when we come to Reach Out, they're doing their best they can. But it's ask people how can we help out? Because guess what? they are giving us medication like Miss I Miss Irene said, Ms. Irene, right? But how for from the if they live in Hundazi and then they live five miles away or twenty miles away to the to the clinic, they take medication in Lundazi, right? But for them to mm-hmm. get from their house to go get medication. So as a yes. government they're doing its best. If you see in Zambia they're doing its best. Almost everywhere there's medication, but there's no nutrition. Okay.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. So th- thank you, Winnie. Let, let, let me come in and explain from the state perspective, because I work for the state of Indiana, and I mm-hmm. manage the HIV testing program. So I I appreciate what you ladies are doing. Uh, I think what we lack in Zambia is the coordination of these services. Just, mm-hmm. just last, last month I was actually in Washington, D.C., I was attending a Nastad conference and a Nastad conference it's a it's a conference it's a national alliance of state and territorial AIDS directors. So we okay. had all the 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 main players in the US we met in Washington D C which is just, just, just in last month. Mm-hmm. So we tried to plan ahead and coordinate how are we going to uh, but arrange our um, our services and our resources and our response in the next five to five to ten years. Because I don't know if other people may know I mean know this or not. Uh, the CDC it's an organization that I work with in hand in hand and of course the other other parts of the country. So the CDC has embarked on what is called ending the AIDS epidemic. So. Okay. What, and ending the aids epidemic is because we have had a number of medical advancements and the the game changer is what we call prep prep is medication yeah. which is given to yeah. high risk negative people so in the mm-hmm. next 10 years the uh, the cdc along with cause everything is initiated here in the us and then other countries they sort of just jump on the bandwagon
0: mm-hmm.
5: So I think us as Zambians, we have to be in the forefront because I think the prevalence of HIV in our countries is much, much higher because Zambia now, I think we are sitting on 14 to 15 percent. And when you compare wow. the HIV prevalence for, age, for the U.S., it's less than 2 percent. And the, when you look at the demographics of HIV in the U.S., it's different from Zambia in the U.S., HIV is in the MSN community or the the homosexual or gay uh, community. Mm-hmm. community. In Zambia, oh, yeah. HIV is in the heterosexual. This is female yeah, and, yeah. Male. and male. So yeah. We mm-hmm. have to, yeah. So we have to look yeah. at all the dynamics. And I would strongly encourage Winnie and I mean Malita and the others. We I think as professionals in this area, we have to have a platform where we can coordinate just like uh, we I just came from that conference for the national directors for the USA we yeah. in Zambia we have to sort of have a platform where we can uh, channel our responses where we can uh-huh. coordinate and for instance the issue that you talked about that in Zambia there is lack of maybe oversight because when in the US, uh, three, four years ago, I was doing research for one of the hospitals up here, which is called Eskenazi Health. So, in Eskenazi Health, I was looking at the social determinants of health. And one of the key findings uh, of my research was that uh, this country has what they call a population health specialist. And population health specialists are people who are going out there to ensure that people are taking medication for, cause for instance, if Mr. Peary uh, is supposed to come in to receive his medication every 30 days, Mr. Peary hasn't shown show up. up or, mm. yeah, so population health specialists are people who are designated by the hospital, one of the hospitals here, they go and follow up. So in Zambia, of course, we don't have that because one of the main issues is funding. I think... When it comes to no, funding, no, we should... it's <laughs> not funding. It's the uh, last... Uh, yeah, we don't so, try yeah.
1: things properly. Yes, uh, well, yeah. the
5: issues is funding. You so when I, to overcoming I was trying funding. to avoid
1: the... Yeah, sorry to cut you short. I know we are, we're mm-hmm. also running out of time here. I want Winnie and the marital to have the last word. One of the things why we are having the issues and the things are where they are today. Let's take, for example, the elephant in the house. This thing called BU10. Okay? I like the breakdown that Irene gave about, uh, what you call it, about how the, the breakdown of responsibilities of case workers like you have said, if somebody doesn't show up to show the medication. I believe the, the health sector in Zambia is one of those areas where the government can create thousands of jobs.
4: Absolutely. Thousands
1: of jobs. You see, the reason I'm saying this, Noah, sorry to cut you short, is this reason. Uh, Roger, Dr. Patrick, you cannot want to increase the number of members of parliament. That's a misplaced priority. Yes. It's Nathan saying this, it's not Winnie or Marita. It's Nathan saying this, okay? <laughs> Everybody listening, <laughs> don't say, hey, Monaca Foundation, Kenu, you went political. It's Nathan saying this, not Winnie or Marita. Roger, no, 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 no. You cannot want to increase it's the number, of, param- number of seats in Parliament, and you've got these issues going on. Okay, Marita, uh, yeah. Winnie, we have five minutes here. Uh, what's your final word? What can we do to get involved? We've already got Irene on the on, on the team. We thank God for that. So where do we go next?
2: Michael, you wanna go in? <laughs> really? I yeah. know
1: I threw you off with her. All right. you. Okay, um,
2: that's fine. I'll go So our goal here is for us we right now is January. We have so many yes. kids who are supposed to be in grade 12 right now, but they did well, good results. They are not in college. We have other youth who did so good. They're supposed to be in grade uh, grade 11. They, they couldn't go to uh-huh. school next last year because of these new no fans. We have kids sitting home. They're supposed to be in school. And you know, in Zambia, from grade 1 to grade 7, it's only about, um, about $120 for a kid to go to school for the whole year. And then if we can help out these kids, so we, like, we, we need help. We, if we can start with small among ourselves, right, we can start with big next time. That's why we have these small kids. Let's help these kids. Let's empower these kids because once they have education, they'll be able to come back and help their, their younger ones because this uh-huh. is a future generation for us. So let's help these kids go to school. Let's give them a better life. This, it, I feel like if we sit down and, and, and call it on the government, it's not going to help. We are the government. So among mm-hmm. ourselves, we can help and ensure the government we can do this. And then maybe when they say they'll come in. That's the best.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, just to add on to
3: that, so, you know, you, you can help uh, by sponsoring a child. Um, and the information is on our website. Uh, you can go to wmhopefoundation.org. And you can also contribute to, uh, we have our largest initiative coming up in August, which is our Zambia AIDS Walk. Uh, You can also contribute any amount to that, you know. um, So we can be be able to provide uh, free HIV and test counseling at the event. And basically the funds will go over all the logistics involved in putting together that um, awareness event.
1: Excellent, excellent. One of the things when I look at your website, what I like is infected or affected. Wow, that's a powerful phrase right there.
2: Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, this thing thing affects us from two different angles and different ways. I mean,
0: uh,
1: uh, everybody has got a story to tell about uh, losing a family member to HIV AIDS. I mean, I've got Mm -hmm. so many family members that have been lost in that way. Uh, Miss Irene, thank you for taking the time.
4: No, you're welcome. I just wanted to say one last thing about what Please. you just said. Um, oh. I, this is how I look at it. And when, when you have a patient, the caregiver is a patient too. Oh. So you have yeah. to look at it on the yeah on that aspect because most of the time the caregiver is um, is sidelined and we focus yes. on the on the patient. It should be on both because when when the patient is in the hospital for six months, the mindset of a caregiver is the same as the person who's on the bed for six months. Mm -hmm. If it's three Mm -hmm. years, it's the same thing. So we have to look at that. So that's something that you guys can expand on, like Mm -hmm. to take care of the caregiver. And I know you can't do all, but as you lobby for money, maybe that should be your extension.
2: All right,
1: thank you. Yeah, excellent, Dad. excellent. We thank you, Miss Irene, for taking that. This, this is not the first and last. We look forward to having more conversations about this. And uh, when you're having events, uh, Winnie, Marita, please just reach out and let us know and say this is what we're doing. Then we promote it for you. And uh, thank you for thank taking you the fine. time. And the, uh, the Lord bless you. You're doing a commendable job. This is a mountain. This is a mammoth task.
2: We thank God we thank
4: for it. Thank, thank, you. Thank,
1: you. Yeah. Mm. Thank, thank you. All right, so everybody.
0: Much.
1: All right. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. That was our show today. And uh, Next week, I'll be talking to a lawyer. We'll be discussing my topic will be avoiding legal pitfalls as you live in the diaspora. Uh, what are the legal pitfalls you should avoid? So, everybody, thank you. Let's go back into Open Forum. That's where we are We unleash everything. The the little thing that I tried to talk about, the government having wrong priorities, that's where we now open up the Pandora box. Thanks, Winnie and Marita. The Lord bless you. Look forward to having everybody. Let's go back into Open Forum. All
4: right, thank you.